title of this message this morning is God's plan for, for grandparents. How many grandparents have we got in here this morning? Let me see your hand. Quite a few, but there was a lot more grandparents in the first service. Evidently, that can get up a little earlier than you guys can. I don't know what the deal is, but uh, nonetheless, we are glad you are here this morning. And let me ask you this, as grandparents, how many of you grandparents think your grandkids are the smartest, brightest, most gifted, most talented, best-looking grandkids in the entire universe? Any hands to that effect? God bless you. At least you're being honest. I appreciate that. You ever brag on them? You ever, you ever show their pictures off? And sometimes people don't want to see them pictures, but I always shove it in their face anyhow. That's the way you do that. But now it's on the phone. You know, you show it's on the phone. Us grandparents have many different names as, uh, as we go by. Grandmother, Grammy, Grandma, Granny, Mamma, Meemaw, Mimi, Mumsy, Nana, Grandmommy, Grandfather, Papa, Gramps, Grampy, Grandpa, Granddad, Granddaddy, Pawpaw, Paw, Pops, Pappy, Poppy, and Pap. And that's me. I'm Pap. That's, that's my name. That's what I go by. I, I kind of like that name. Regardless what your name as a grandparent, God has a plan for you as a grandparent. He's given us a great and valuable gift that is our grandkids. The text in Proverbs 17, 6, grandchildren are the crowning glory of the aged. Parents are the pride of their children. And Proverbs 13, 22 goes along with that. Good people leave an inheritance to their grandchildren. So as speaking to you this morning, I ask you grandparents, my question is, are your grandchildren your crowning glory? And, and if so, what kind of inheritance or legacy are you leaving with them? What are you building in their lives that they will take with them the rest of their lives? Do your grandkids, will your grandkids call you blessed? Theodore Roosevelt in 1917 says this, No other success in life, not being president or being wealthy or going to college or writing a book or anything else comes up to the success of the man or woman who can feel that they have done their duty and that their children and grandchildren rise up and call them blessed. So I ask you this morning as grandparents, how, how do your grandkids see you? You know, what's really important is that these wee ones know that there's somebody they can lean on, talk to, laugh with, walk beside, and mainly hug. And chances are good that a lot of us as grandparents don't ask these questions. Did you make your bed? I don't even make my own bed, so why would I ask a kid that, you know? Have you finished your homework? Isn't it your turn to do the dishes? And one thing about... Grandkids, they say things like this. Here's some remarks that grandchildren have made to their grandparents, and I quote, My young grandson called the other day to wish me happy birthday, and he asked me how old I was, and I told him, 62. He was quiet for a moment, and then he asked, Did you start at one? <laughs> a grandmother was telling her little granddaughter what her own childhood was like. Well, honey, we used to skate outside on a pond. I had a swing made from a tire. Hung from a tree in our front yard. We rode our pony. We picked raspberries in the woods. Little girl, wide-eyed, taking this all in. At last, she said, I sure wish I'd gotten to know you sooner. <laughs> My grandson was visiting one day when he asked, Grandma, do you know how you and God are alike? I mentally polished my halo while I asked, so, No, how are we alike? You're both really old, he replied. <laughs> in the car, my four-year-old granddaughter asked me why I was wearing the brightly colored scarf I had on. I thought it would make my blue suit look much prettier, I said. After a moment's consideration, she replied sympathetically, it didn't work, did it? <laughs> Boy, they are, they, they spit it out. Boy, they don't, they don't pull, <laughs> pull any punches. 
When my grandson Billy and I entered our vacation cabin, we kept the lights off until we were inside to keep from attracting pesky insects. Still a few fireflies followed us in, noticing them before I'd hit Billy whispered, it's no use, Grandpa, the mosquitoes are coming after us with flashlights. <laughs> when my grandson asked me how old I was, I teasingly replied, I'm not sure. Well, look at your underwear, Grandpa, he advised. Mine says I'm four to six. <laughs> so you guys have forgot, you might want to see if you can check, it, check that out back there. I can't see mine, but... A second grader came home from school and said to her grandmother, Grandma, guess what? We learned how to make babies today. The grandmother, more than a little surprised, tried to keep her cool. That's interesting, she said. How do you make babies? It's simple, replied the little girl. You change the Y to I and add ES. <laughs> well, there you have it. I think we that are older, we, we think back on those days and we remember our grandparents and the stories they told us. And every family's got their own stories, it seems. And, and I remember my grandma, we lived on a farm uh, for a while till I was about uh, eight. But across the field was my grandmother's house, and I, I love to go over there because if you know what a smokehouse is, they had it off the back of the, the house, and, and it was just all kinds of treasures in, in there and stuff that I didn't know what it was. But I was always digging around in this one place, and I always found these one items that I always drag out, and I would play with them. And two of them were these, these canes right here. And my grandma would tell me this story about her dad who served in the Civil War. In 1862, he mustered out of Mattoon, Illinois, rode a train to Louisville, marched to Perrysville, Kentucky, and that was their first battle. And he got wounded. He got shrapnel on his hip. Well, he laid there in a field hospital, and to, to cripple home, he cut these canes. And, and so this, this cane here, these, this is a hickory, I'm sure. It's got his initials, Thomas Newell, in it. And the, these were cut in 1862. It, it, but it's, it's, part of, it's part of my family and it's part of my heritage of these stories that my grandma would tell. And she would talk about her dad and she said that when he finally got home wounded, he was eat up with lice and said he was in a mess. And uh, her mom uh, her, nursed him back to health. And a year later, he joined his uh, 123rd Illinois in North Alabama. And uh, they were with Sherman as they burn Atlanta, but that is something you don't tell the Southerners because it gets you in a little hot water. They don't think that's, they don't like, don't mention Sherman's name in the South. So if you're from the South, I apologize for that, but nonetheless. And then my grandpa's side, he, his dad was, went down to Missouri, St. Louis and joined the Missouri Cavalry and spent some time in Andersonville prison. That was a bad gig, but it's just things like that, that, that I remember as a, as a childhood that stuck with me. And I'm, I'm sure you're all like that. Grandparents' favorite gesture is to open arms is open arms, and their favorite question is, what do you want to do? Grandparents usually don't look for mistakes and failures. They forgive them. They, they don't remember that you spent your last dollar on something foolish. They don't say things like, hurry up. And they take time with you. The best of all, when you want to talk, they want to listen. Loud, long lectures are out. You, comments like this usually don't come from grandparents. You ought to be ashamed of yourself, and that's stupid. God's good. Generation after generation, he creates grandparents that take time to smell the roses, so to speak. And we think about life. And I think, I think a lot of times we, we don't think that children want to hear these stories, but, but I know that they do. We who are older, we can look back and you take a, a Judah was seven uh, yesterday. And we sat down with these children, all, all the not that they were that wise, but all the experiences that we've had. The majority of us that are grandparents, we've been through hard times. 
We've been through life. We've been through death. We've been through tragedy. And, and, and in all this, hopefully that we've picked up as followers of Christ that we can relate to our children how to react to that. You sure our hearts get broke and you grieve, but you bounce back. And, and our kids need, our grandkids need to see that. They need to see that in us. They need to see uh, our faith in Christ and how that helps us do that. And especially what we have learned from Christ, what a difference that he has made in us. See, that's the huge responsibility that we have at home. We should act at home just like we do here, but a lot of times we don't. Because I believe we've all have Jekyll Hyde personalities, and the monster lives at home. If you remember that story, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, Dr. Jekyll was the doctor. He was respectable. He wore tuxedos. He went out and, and shook hands and smiled and was nice to people. Mr. Hyde was the monster that came out at night when he drank the potion. He went out and killed people. <laughs> and that's why I always ask people that's getting married, have you seen the monster? Well, if they haven't, they're going to see him because that rascal, he's, he's living at home. How many in here seen the monster? Oh, come on. Gee whiz. I know. <laughs> Man, they're good. Yeah, Darren's back there. He didn't want his wife to see, but he was right. He's raising his hands. <laughs> it's who we are. It's all right to be honest. My goodness gracious. But, that's, but, but you see the confusion that implants in children. If, if we come here and act a certain way and we go home and act another way, that's confusing to them. That is why it's so tough to be parents and grandparents. They see us, they see us in, in action, who we really are, you know. So um, that's, that's part of the, the, the situation that we, that we have. Proverbs 17, 6. Grandchildren are the crowning glory of the aged. Parents are the pride of their children. God intends for... Our grandchildren to be the crowning glory and for our children to be proud of us, their parents. Grandparents are the only ones who have the time to stay. Grandparents give grandchildren roots. Grandchildren give grandparents renewal. And let me ask you, grandparents, do you ever get a call that says, hey, can you watch the kids this weekend? Anybody ever get a call like that? Yeah, there's a few hands, I see. Our grandchildren are like sponges. They soak up information just like dry sponges as uh, Steve Martin found out in this clip from Parenthood. Let's watch. The Penal Colony by Franz Kafka. Hey, Nathan. Patty a doctor yet? Mock, if you will. All right. Our children are more capable of retaining and absorbing information than we are, and yet we insist on treating them like adorable little morons. What are you saying? Patty can learn things I can't learn? Patty, which one of these is the square root of 8,649? 93. They're like sponges. Just waiting to absorb. I want this. You see? Take my advice. Forget about Kevin and Taylor. It's too late. Work on Justin. Actually, Justin is quite bright in his preschool class. He was the only. <laughs> Slow down, Justin. I'll get you some dip. 
<laughs> Soak up information like a sponge. So hopefully that our grandchildren will at least learn some valuable life lessons from us as grandparents who have been down that road a little farther. It seems like children become more intelligent more intelligent as uh, technology goes on. It amazes me about iPhones and iPads and the Internet. They know passwords before they can read and write. That's an amazing thing to me. And video games, Judah's done trying to explain Minecraft to me because I, I, I don't get it. I'll probably never be able to grasp that. At seven, he's got a great concept of it. And I remember when we, we came out, uh, Josiah wanted me to play uh, Wii Baseball, and he beat me 35 to nothing. And he finally looked at me and said, Pap, you stink. <laughs> well, I don't know how to do that. And he was hitting home run after home run, and I couldn't even get on base. You know, it was uh, kind of crazy. And then uh, uh, my favorite story about Elijah, when he was four, he was correcting my grammar. He got that from his mother. I was talking about whooshing for something. He said, Pap, it's not whoosh, it's wish. So he straightened me out on that pretty quick. <laughs> Here's a grandmother story from the book of Ruth. We talk about grandparents. So Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. And then he went to her and the Lord enabled her to conceive. And she gave birth to a son. The woman said to Naomi, praise be to the Lord who this day has not left you without a kinsman redeemer. May he become famous throughout Israel. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age for your daughter-in-law who loves you and who is better to you than seven sons has given him birth. Then Naomi took the child, laid him in her lap and cared for him. And the woman, women living there said, Naomi has a son. Margaret Mead, the noted anthropologist, has said a lot of controversial things, but you'll, you'll, you will find no authorities debating her statement in her article, Grandparents and Educators. In this, she said, and I quote, somehow we have to get, to the, get the older people, grandparents and widows and widows, spinsters and bastards, back close to children if we are to restore a sense of community, a knowledge of the past, and a sense of future to today's children. I think there's a lot of rootless children, perhaps, that wouldn't have been that way if they hadn't been yanked away from their grandparents and their influence that grandparents have on their life, actually. They're not the disciplinarians of life. Um, as you as a grandparent, how many of you grandparents ever spanked your grandkids? Anybody ever do that? Steph, I bet you got the look. That's what you get, and you that's what you usually get, usually get sometimes. <laughs> yeah, well, you, sometimes I guess you have to, but nonetheless, most of the time, we as grandparents aren't the disciplinarians. Um, spank your grandkids. I didn't even spank my own kids, and I should have, you know. So that's that's not a good gig with me. <laughs> yeah, I'm maybe more of a hindrance than, than not. Sometimes I apologize for that. I wasn't a very good parent that way. Leo Tolstoy said, from birth to the fifth year is an eternity. From five to old age is a step. It is a gift to be there for the one to five period of their life in order to be the place of refuge and an oasis in the hard land of growing up. That grandchild-grandparent relationship is a two-way street. The child has a great impact on the adult as the adult on the child is actually as Naomi's grandson did to her. 4.15 of Ruth, he will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. That's what the women said. This little guy was to Naomi what Red Bull is to us today. There's, there's something about that when you bring a, a, a child into the mix um, that, that changes the whole psychology of life and brings hope and joy to the forefront as uh, the Ambergies and the Hamiltons have uh, had that happen in their houses. 
here recently. So they renew your spirit and they give you a whole new role and then they make you young. Uh, judo wants me to get on the trampoline. I only last about three minutes. So, and you get that, and he looks at it, and he said, man, can't, how come you can't do that? I says, man, because I'm old, but you're trying, you know, but they, 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 they get you to do some young stuff, and that's a good thing. Grandparents are the only ones sometimes you have the time to pray. My grandmother prayed hours for me, as my sister Barbara can attest to that. Growing up, uh, I broke her heart, which I truly regret. She des- deserved more from me than she got, her and my sister. My sister Barbara and Diane tried to fill in the gaps after mom passed, and then I, I lived with my grandma. And uh, I could tell you stories that I'm, I'm ashamed of and I'm not going to this morning, but if she could have just seen the end result. I know sometimes with, with our children, when they start going down the wrong path, you, you don't want to ever throw in the towel because there's always a hope and a chance that God will enter their life and change them. I am not the same person I was when I was young. God changed me. Nothing, nothing that I really did on my own, but it's something that he did. And Boy, I tell you, I, you, know, you, you think about that and you think back at the past and some of the stuff you did, and it was, boy, it was just atrocious. But, you know, praise God, I'll see Granny again on the other side of the river. She's part of that cloud of witnesses in Hebrews 11. She loved God. Proverbs 13, 22 says a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. So I ask you this morning, are you leaving an inheritance for your grandkids? And I'm not just talking about monetarily. I believe we as grandparents and parents should form a covenant with God and our children. And uh, Psalm 78, 4 through 7 should be our guide. And it reads like this. We will not hide these truths from our children, but will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord We will tell of his power and the mighty miracles he did. For he issued his decree to Jacob. He gave his law to Israel. He commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children so the next generation might know them, even the children not yet born, that they they in turn might teach their children so each generation can set its hope anew on God, remembering his glorious miracles and obeying his commands. And the word of God came to Joel the prophet, Joel 1.3. Tell it to your children and let your children tell it to their children and their children to the next generation. Tell of the greatness and the goodness of the glory of our great God. And we've got to keep paying that forward that it's not lost to every generation. That's God's plans for grandparents. And I ask you this morning as grandparents, is this happening in your household? Is, is God a part of this whole mix? Is your faith in Christ being spoken about, imparted into those young lives? We grandparents sometimes go to great lengths to protect those precious grandchildren. There's nothing we wouldn't do for them usually. And sometimes even from the family's best-kept secrets, those skeletons in our family closets, which we all have, <laughs> You get to look at every family tree, there's one or two black sheep in there. I was black till Jesus made me white, but nonetheless, their skeletons are there, and there are things in our past that sometimes maybe we don't want to teach our grandkids. You know, in my own family, there are some things that, I think one of the things, Barbara, we had a cousin, Cherie, that did a lot of genealogy and found out that we had a a great-grandfather that was a riverboat captain on the Ohio River that kept slaves. Well, I'm not proud of that, but it's part of my past. 
The grandparents in a prominent family decided to give all their grandchildren the family's history in a book for Christmas. They commissioned a professional biographer to do the work, carefully warning him of the family's black sheep problem. Uncle George had been executed in the electric chair for murder, and the biographer assured them, I can handle that situation so there will be no embarrassment. I'll merely say that Uncle George occupied a chair of applied electronics at an important government institution. He was attached to his position by the strongest of ties, and his death came as a real shock. That's kind of soft-soaping a little bit. You know, I don't know how you guys do in, in your families, but nonetheless, I thought that was pretty amusing. 1 Timothy 1.5, I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. Godly grandparents have a powerful impact on the lives of the grandchildren. I do believe that our influence in their lives can change the course of history. Eight-year-old Ann Johnson wrote this poem which expresses the influence of millions of grandparents on their grandchildren. She entitled it, My Grandma. She likes to sit and talk with God and knows he is right there. She prays about the whole wide world and leaves us in his care. My grandma likes to play with God. They have a kind of game. She plants the garden full of seeds. He sends the sun and rain. There's one thing that we need to realize this morning that grandparents have one thing that God does not. God does not have grandchildren. You're either a son or a daughter. You can't ride in on somebody else's coattail. It has to be between you and Christ. So grandparents, we, we, have, to do, we have to do all in our power to make sure our grandkids spend eternity with us in heaven. And I know that as I broke my grandma's heart that perhaps you've got a grandchild that has broke your heart or is in the process. You don't want to ever give up. That's the point. You never give up. You continue to pray. You continue to love. You continue to try to impart Christ into their lives. So I pray this morning that you are leaving them with an inheritance of faith in Christ who is the key to the kingdom of God. And I applaud you grandparents, such as Michael Polly, that are raising their grandson as their own. He's their son. So that's a, that's a big deal, and I know that's happening a lot today, and I, I applaud you guys for that. So let's all pray this morning. I want all the grandparents to stand, if you would. I want to pray for you, because I know what a, what, a, what a world we live in, and I know the things that face... Uh, our children. If you're around these people and you're not too far away, why don't you, if you can, reach out and lay a hand on one of these grandparents. Can you do that for me? I appreciate that. Lord, we come to you and uh, most of us agree that we live in uncertain times and this world is... Uh, it's pretty crazy. But yeah, we have grandchildren that we send out into this world every day after they get older. First day of kindergarten, that first day of school, then middle school and then junior high or middle school and high school and college. And we always pray for protection. Right now I pray for these grandparents, Lord, as they, they have their grandchildren in their mind and their heart right now and as they pray for them 
And I pray for these grandparents, Lord, that they might be the witness that you've called them to be, that in those times where they need to speak up for you, that they do that with boldness and authority and clarity, that those young people understand that they know God and they want them to know him as well. So I just pray for them. I just ask that you bless them, Lord, give them strength and guidance and wisdom. We have a huge task ahead of us as we try to raise those kids and those grandkids up in, in you, Lord. So I pray that you'd give them strength. Thanks again for them, Lord. I just pray we call them blessed, for we ask it in the name of Christ. Amen. Amen.